Welcome to TA1. Everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, here hosting a, we can just kind of maybe call it off-season um, podcast. Yeah, I'll get them out when I get them out. At least they're good. Um, so, yep, this one, Mary Chandler's been up there for a while. Not a bad thing. This one with Alex will be up for a while, at least till I get back from um, Baja. I am going to try to promise to have the traditional Thanksgiving podcast up. So those of you that know will be undoubtedly excited about that. Um, in this world, uh, had a good hike today, so don't have to take the dog out anymore. I did like four hours. Starting to get winterish here. Um, not bad yet. And uh, maybe we won't get a winter. I'm going to put, let's see, when this one comes out, I will be on the road heading down to Denver to meet up with um, Mike Palmer and the Crossfire Trophy Truck Racing Team. We will be heading to Ensenada. Three or four days of pre-running, and then the race on the, I don't know, 16th, 18th, something like that. I'll put a couple of uh, links to Campbell Racing and to Crossfire in the notes for the three of you that might be interested in following along. Um, I also think I will be taking the spot tracker, and I'll set that up so you can, uh, I don't know why you would watch that during the race, but I think I'll put it up and try to remember to take it and turn it on. So that's it from here in South Dakota. And be advised, we got some, uh, been talking to a lot of really cool people in the last few weeks. And I think once <clears throat> I get back, you know, and then once I get back from going to St. Louis for the, uh, the race there, the, eh, Anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes. And then Christmas. Anyway, we'll be getting some more out, so don't worry. Um, you know what? It'll get there. You will hear them, and you will enjoy them. That is a uh, request. So anyway, that's it. Go fast. Take chances. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of Mexico. Hello. Alex, it's Randy. Hey, Randy. How you doing? I am doing good. How are you? Oops, are you there? You went Can you, you went away, you went away a minute. Hang on a second. Let me put it on to broadband because otherwise we're going to get cut off. Okay. Mhm. That better? Sounds good so far. We'll we'll see. We'll see. You know this technology. It'll be perfect to perfect, perfect, and then just goes to crap. But <laughs> sort of like Ooh. us. <laughs> so tell me whenever you're ready. Okay. Yeah, we're go. We're good. We're everything looks like it's working. You know after. Okay. After, what, 
four and a half years, I should get this right most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying I do, but most of the time I should. <laughs> so. well, I think you're doing all right, man. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you have for supper? That's my first question. Um, ravioli with uh, green veg. Yeah. Sounds good. So, um, all right. Well, uh, you got you got uh, you got your bucket list part of it filled with Primal Quest. Tell me all about it. Don't leave out any details. <laughs> oh wow! Where can I start? Um, about five years ago, maybe a little bit more. I think no, it was about six years ago. I was. Traversing America 3,256 miles in 35 days, and my crew was made up of Larry and Sean um, and, and Mark and a bunch of other fantastic, wonderful people. And both Larry and <coughs> Mark, Sean had previously helped out on Primal Quest and were saying to me, you know, you really have to do this. And I said, really, you think so? And they said, yeah, we know so. And... One thing led to another, and I ended up talking to Maria Burton, and we kind of planned from about 2013 that I would do it, but unfortunately it took about five years to come to fruition. Yeah. It's kind of a long wait. Um, I guess the the simple question we'll start is, was it worth it, waiting five years? Um, From a Parkinson's perspective, I would have preferred it to be earlier, but absolutely wonderful and wonderful. Hmm. One thing that's worth the wait is to get into Primal Quest and get it done. And uh, I did the Pursuit Race, and it was extremely satisfying. Really, really, really satisfying. Stupidly hard, and probably came at it slightly underprepared, to be honest. But uh, did my best and completed it, and irrespective of the Parkinson's. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really chuffed that I did it, and I'm really proud to been part of a really great team with Mike Closser and Anna and Anna Jones and Chris Paisley and you know thankful to Maria and the whole crew and the volunteers for putting up with me and making me feel so wanted and part of the team. So cool. So how did um how you how do you end up with with the team that you did? It's it's kind of an uh, eclectic group, group sort of well, yeah. I mean, there were there were there was Anna and um, and Chris who'd never done any major races before, um, and Mike Closser, obviously five times world adventure racing champion, former team captain of Team Nike, greatest ever adventure racing team on the planet, and you know they were they were put together at the last minute by Maria. And I was included. Yeah. And I'd been training for Primal Quest and looking for sponsorship and not actually managed to get any sponsorship. And one thing led to another, and I kind of tailed off my training, thinking, well, that's another year gone with it, without doing Primal Quest. And I get a month's notice, and it's Maria on the phone saying, hey, Alex, do you want to be on a team? And, of course, what do you say? And you say, <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and... Slightly daunting, you know, going on a team with Mike because Mike is an absolute beast. He's in a, he's a machine. And obviously I didn't know how my body would react to being dumped into that position without 
the regular training that uh, I was probably needing to complete before I got myself into that situation. But, you know, we, we overcame as a team, and uh, I'm grateful. Yeah. How, um, <clears throat> you know, since you guys were kind of thrown together, you're not, not a team team, you know, in quotation marks, how how did it work? Did you guys kind of let Mike take the lead, or did, did you end up being a team? And I, we ended up as a team. Yeah, we ended up as a team, and I couldn't have done the race without them. You know, um, there were some moments where my Parkinson's was really quite bad, and they helped me through. I think we all helped one another, and. To say it was an inspirational experience was would be an understatement. Yeah. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly convinced that uh, we gelled as a team and we gelled very well, despite our relative naivety. Um, for myself, coming into an adventure racing world or obstacle course racing, you know, as they, OCR as they like to call it now. Yeah. Um, you know and. I got to take my hat off to some of the top teams because to do what they do over the, the distance that they do, it just blows my mind. Absolute consummate athletes and uh, made me feel very welcome. So that's cool. Well, I think that's one thing about uh, this sport is everybody everybody's welcome until you until you wear it out. So yeah, um, <laughs> what um. What was the difference between the the pursuit and the the pure, like course wise? I think we lacked um, the abseil, the rappel. Yeah. We didn't do that, and the extended bike route for the pure course was longer. Um, I think the course was longer by just shy of five hundred. 500, 400 and something other miles for the pure and 240 miles for the pursuit. Yeah. So it sounds like you sort of got the got the fun parts and not the sloggy parts. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think of that. I, I wouldn't say it was it was all fun. Um, yeah. I have to say it was it was it was bloody hard. Um, you know, just to keep going um, relentlessly. It just it's, 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 it takes racing to a whole different level, yeah. and one which you know you've got to be prepared to put up with a lot of hardship and a lack of sleep beyond which you've never had before. Yeah, um, right. You know how I am going to jump around a little bit, but does the does the lack of sleep um, affect the Parkinson's? Yeah, I think I think to a certain extent it, it does. Um, although I think the regime I'm currently on medication-wise hasn't helped. Um, I've started taking levodopa and also obviously finding the right balance between um, level of levodopamine in your body and taking a predetermined amount in a pill can be tricky, mm. um, you know. Um, but I completed the course and... I like to think that it didn't hold me back as much as I was held back to a certain extent. I mean, I came off the bike on the second bike stage about nine times using my head as a brake. 
consequently putting a, a disc out in my neck, affecting the power in my arm. I had no power in my left arm to stop inertia for throwing me forward every time. Mm. Um, yet I finished the race. So. And also a couple of broken ribs. Oh, well, hey, that's just racing. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, all right, on a personal note, there's, there was no doubt in my mind that once you started, you would finish. But um, which, okay, which was more of a handicap, lack of training or the Parkinson's? I think lack of training. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I was, I, 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 if I'd have kept the faith in relation to getting a place, but, you know, if you yeah. don't get sponsorship, how can you feel that you're going to get a place on the team, you yeah. know? Yeah. And... You know, you let you go back to coasting and tick over and planning your next adventure somewhere else in the world, and then luckily you get the bright light shining at you saying, "Come on, be on the team," and you you can't say no. Yeah. So I knew it was going to be ridiculously tough, and it was, which was really, really, really satisfying. Yeah. That's cool. So I mean, you've been thinking about this for five years, basically. What? Yeah. How did um, the expectation versus reality turn out? You know what you had been thinking yeah. about. Yeah, compared to real life. Real life was harder. Okay. Much harder. I guess my expectations were built on ignorance and <laughs> a lack of understanding of exactly what was going to hit me, which I, which I probably benefited from by saying yes, I'll be on the team. Mm. You know. Um, but yeah, the reality was a lot harder. Yeah. Well, does that mean if if you know hypothetically uh, six months or eight months from now somebody says you want to do it again, what would, what would your thought process be? Well, you'd say yes, but what would your thought process be? My thought process would be of at the moment I've got to get over the injury to my neck. Yeah. Which I am doing. I went out for my first run for six weeks today. Did three miles, and the back didn't hurt. The neck didn't hurt. Everything was good. Good. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm I'm confident on that front that I'll come through it. Um, would I do it again? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, would I come at it from a different training perspective? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. But now that you know the kind of the reality of it, you, you, you're, you wouldn't back away from it. No. Yeah. No. And I think, you know, from, from my, my perspective, I'm not a technical mountain biker. Yeah. So having had that experience this time, I think I'd be more prepared next time. Yeah. Well, I think you probably picked one of the races that had more more technical mountain biking than almost any other adventure race, so... Oh yeah, I mean it was it was it was it was just extreme, and uh, it was a baptism of fire, as it were, you know. Um, yeah. Real real terms, looking at Mike on the bike on his bike, and thinking there's no way I could get down that slope like he did. Yeah, you know, but you you manage somehow, even if you have to walk the bike down. But uh, impressive guy. Yes, he's a and uh, couldn't be a nicer guy. Yeah, that's what I, it was. Interesting. It was interesting. He, 
he has two brothers with Parkinson's disease. Oh. But I don't think at the beginning of the race he truly understood what it, the effects are on the person and what can happen to a person with Parkinson's. Huh. But by the end of it, because I've been speaking with him and he experienced what I was going through, he had a better understanding and a new appreciation for it, which I think is something truly magical. Because if that brings him a better understanding of where his brothers are at and how he can help them and understand their, their, what they're going through, then then that that's 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 my job done. That's well, that's that makes it kind of worth all the suffering. But in a in a kind of a larger point, do you find that a lot with with people you meet that? They don't really understand. They can't. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. Parkinson's is about rigidity. It's about trying to, metaphorically, it's like trying to go through concrete mm-hmm. with every movement you do. The longer you have it, the more difficult things become. And it will effectively take away everything that I, my, uh, most people take for granted from me. Yeah. Eat swallow you name it handwriting is already gone to pop but I as I say as I've said before you know I console myself that if doctors have crap handwriting yeah <laughs> you know I can't be that bad um, but you know I also think the misconception is it's an old person's disease mm-hmm. and unfortunately it doesn't discriminate and the youngest person I've ever heard of having Parkinson's or a type of Parkinson's was a two-year-old boy in Canada, 2016. Oh. You know, and if that doesn't sober one oneself up, you know, and bring it home that you know something needs to be done about this disease, then you know I've got to keep banging on, doing the races, and banging my drum harder. I guess. Yeah. Do you? Um, are you comfortable? This is. Okay, I'm generalizing again. You know how I am. Are you comfortable being the uh, like poster boy for endurance adventure uh, athletes with with your Parkinson's? Yeah, because currently I'm the only one doing what I do with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, if somebody else wants to come up and run across a continent, then crack on. <laughs> um, you know. Yeah. But there will come a point where I won't be able to do what I do. Yeah. And there will come a point potentially where I'll be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Or I'll be having difficulty walking or whatever. And I'll change my tune to be doing something else, you know. Yeah. And But in the meantime, I'm trying to live as much as I can for the moment, in the moment. And experience life in its fullest effect. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, what we all should be doing. I think it's just, is it, do you feel it's just a little bit more, um, not important or something, but that you're just a little bit more into realizing that than the average person? I think most people will always put off what Mm -hmm. they want to do because of, um, because of, their daily life, their job, their whatever. Yeah. And 
it's only when something happens that you think, crikey, I may not be able to do the things that I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And I would hate for to be in that position. Yeah. You know? I w- yeah. I've never wanted to be in that position. And yeah. I think most people should start realizing the things that they really truly want to do in their heart because to live a life without truly experiencing your full potential and realizing what's true in your heart mm-hmm. and your dreams leads you to having a life I guess which is unfulfilled yeah um, too much sitting around watching YouTube <laughs> let's get <Yeah>. <laughs> um all right, I'm going to get back to the race in a little bit, but I've I, I got this question. Are you, like, looking for, um, for lack of a better word, a protege? Um, are, are, are you looking for any other athletes that have Parkinson's that, uh, you know, you could help, you know, kind of? I would, always, I, would always, I would always encourage anybody with Parkinson's to get up and move. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest they do what I've done. <laughs> You know, I, I think, you know, running 400 miles across Europe with a busted leg was pain enough. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've done some terrific things and, you know, I'm sure everybody has their own path to follow. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jimmy, there's a guy called Jimmy Choi in, um, in America who has Parkinson's and he does, you know, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And, you know, hats off to the guy. You know, but I think the, the the one thing that I want to stress is that people with Parkinson's or anybody with neurological disease, exercise is your friend. And that goes for people with depression or anything else. You know, it, yeah. exercise is a benefit. And, and if you can keep moving and get out there and challenge yourself, whatever that may be, however small it may be, that's still an Everest every single day. And to achieve that is something truly great and marvelous and wonderful. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, you know, exercise is good for all of us. But but tell the truth. If some kid came to you and said, I want to run across America, what, <laughs> you would give them every piece of advice you have, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And the first one is, you know, find a fantastic, really magnanimous, wonderful company that will sponsor you to do it because yeah. otherwise you're gonna it's gonna cost a lot of money yeah and then then get a hold of larry and sean <laughs> yeah <laughs> and mark yeah so um was there let's we'll get back let's get back to the racing and then okay we'll go you know how it is you know how we'll go we'll be back here and there um what was what was the low point and then what was the point where you're like yeah, I think I can do this. The low point for me was getting lost with the team. Um, we went round around this forest in the middle of the night, and it was <laughs> it was kind of like, well, we've taken this path here, let's take a different path, and you just ended up on the same path, and you're thinking, we come into some kind of cursed forest or something, um, you know? Um, and... On the way back, on some of the mountain stages, on the hike, was was difficult to find the right trail because certain trails were cut off or 
um, you weren't allowed down them because of, of you know other races that were that they've been blocked off for for mountain bike races and stuff like that and you know it got a bit draining at that point especially when you've gone over one mountain and you're gonna you know, think well there's another mountain in front of me so that must be the last mountain then you get over that peak and you think there's another goddamn mountain to go over <laughs> you know and and then on from there and yeah. that was pretty draining that was pretty draining the one thing that I, one, the point where I felt that I could make it completely was when we got to the whitewater rafting. You know, I'd gotten to this point and I was nervous about, I'm nervous about water anyway. Yeah. Well, I was until I did Primal Quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I don't have any fear of water anymore. Yeah. It really, it really took it away from me. You know, first, first, First rapid was a big rapid was a three and a half, and then there was a four plus to follow, and it was like getting hit by a truck. And I thought, after I've been through that, if I can go through that, I can go through anything. Yeah. And I'm going to make this, you know. And hooker by crook, we made it as a team. Yeah. Although the ending was interesting, you know, you get out of the water at the checkpoint, and then you're thinking, yeah. This is this is where we run for three three miles or something like this, and then it's kind of like no, you got to take the 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 kayak on top of your shoulders oh. and take it for half a mile, mm. and I've got a bad neck. Yeah, <laughs> and you're thinking ah, but you do it and it's good, and yeah. to come across that finishing line, that was that finish line was just superb. So. What um, was yeah, truly, truly great moment. I, I'm sure it's hard to, to um, you know, express those emotions. But how much um, was elation, and how much was um, uh, what's uh, you're just happy to do it? How much was happy you finished the race, and how much was well? No, better question, because that was a stupid question. <laughs> How much was, oh, man, this is great, I'm finished, and how much was, oh, this sucks, I'm finished? Um, I don't think there was any kind of this sucks, I'm finished. Okay. <laughs> you were ready to be done? <laughs> I was ready to be done. Okay. I did 240 miles in four days and five hours. Yeah. And, you know, that's going some for me. Yeah. Um, would I like to have done longer? Probably. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't. I wasn't signed up for that. Um, w the rest of it was just pure elation. It was. It was a massive release of endorphins and happiness coming across that line to be met by some fantastic people and cameras and you know Maria and David just smiling their faces off and the big hug from Maria was just well worth the effort of getting all through that. You know, it was, yeah. it was really, 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 really good. I was, as I say, thoroughly satisfied. You know, it was it was everything completely grueling and an absolute hard bastard of a race. <laughs> and, you know, that's what you want. Yeah. You don't want to go out and be tiptoeing around the tulips and thinking, you know, getting off easy. 
Yeah. You know, you want you want you want something that really challenges, and Primal Quest certainly does that in spades. Yeah, you want it's the real deal. That's for sure. So, um, so most of what you've done up to this point were was basically solo efforts. What what was it like? You know, actually having teammates. It was interesting to give my. My, my 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 position is well. I guess I've already experienced it once when I went across America, um, and to a certain extent when I went across Europe. I had a support team, and I had to take into account their needs and wants. Yeah. And especially in America, I <clears throat> I gave up my right to choose the route and how long I was going to be on that bike hmm. or running or whatever or, you know, painkiller-wise, medication-wise and everything else, that that was taken away from me by my choice. Yeah. You know, and to a certain extent, I gave up my, my self-ownership. I guess that's a way of putting it my my for for the greater good of the team mm. you know and i think we came together really well yeah so like the the race across america right run run trek bike path <laughs> was it trans america so, challenge trans america challenge that's an even better way to put it. so did you what you're saying is you basically kind of just gave it up to them and they told you what to do? Where I was going, what yeah. I was doing, yeah. everything else. Because you're doing over a hundred miles a day yeah. every single day. Yeah. You know, you ride from Santa Monica to Mount Whitney, climb Mount Whitney, fourteen thousand four hundred feet, run down the mountain, run one hundred thirty-five miles across Death Valley, cycle the whole of America, kayak Lake Erie to the weather closes you down at Cleveland, cycle to Toronto, cycle to New York, yeah. run down Broadway to finish. You are not going to be thinking straight half the time. Yeah. You know, and to make those decisions as to this road is going to be sheer suicide, we should avoid that and we should go through the reservation. That's a better decision to be made by somebody who's more compass mentors than me when I'm racing. Yeah, yeah. Are are you cool with that? Is it is it kind of almost easier just to have somebody say, get on your bike and ride? Um, I have to be. Yeah. I have to be. You know, if I'm if I'm if I'm the one doing the navigation and the rest of it, then I'll do the navigation yeah. and the rest of it. But if I'm not, and I've given myself up to my team to make a decision, then like in the, as in the Trans America Challenge, then that's the way it has to be. Their job is to support me to get me through that alive, yeah. and to complete the goal, hmm. and that's essentially what we needed to do with with Primal Quest. Yeah. Because Primal Quest is is a is a serious race. You know, you can die on it. Yeah. There's no there's no doubt about that. And you're going up into Big Bear Country and certainly Bones, Team Bones had an interesting experience with yeah. the bear running out between the bicycles. Yep. Um, big grizzly bear. Um but uh nobody ended up uh, bear food which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Fact, actually, yeah. at one point we 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 
So I came off the came off the kayaks after so I started with a canoe about two three in the afternoon for twenty miles, and then a kayak for thirty miles, and then went on the bike and rode through most of the night to a point where we just grabbed an hour and a half sleep in next to a checkpoint, and nobody told us about the bear. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently there was a bear there, but, you know, yeah. I guess he was more interested in other things than yeah. us stupid humans. Yeah, some, sometimes you don't need to know everything. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, <laughs> otherwise I probably wouldn't have slept. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, it's interesting, because, so you, I mean, obviously the Trans-America was a while ago, but you really look at that as, as a... Uh, a team endeavor. It wasn't. It wasn't you and your support crew. It was. It was a full team. So. Yeah, it was a team endeavor because I couldn't have done it without my my crew. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if, if if everybody didn't pull together, then we wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to say say that they gave up their time on that that particular event for completely for free. They volunteered. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm going to be indebted to my whole my team for the rest of my life yeah. well, and the it, warmth and friendship yeah. that I received from, from, from Team Get Out There you know Chris, Anna, Mike Nick. you know they'll always be my friends yeah I mean um, I don't know Chris I know Anna and, and Mike pretty well so um, except I don't think Anna likes me <laughs> we've, we've been trying we've actually been trying to do an episode for the podcast for about two months and uh either she she's, comes been, up she's for, been she's been a busy person she's yeah been, and i i totally person. yeah i totally understand that and then there's one night like she's like i'm i'm good and i'm like uh, uh i'm not <laughs> i had to go <laughs> you should you should get in touch with chris actually because i know he listens to the show hi chris how you doing mate miss yeah. you Maybe I will. We'll find out some dirt on Alex. Find out <laughs> what, you're, you're, what you're really like at 2 a.m. in Pain the morning. In the ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that. <laughs> so, um, but um, so, so you're recovering. Seems to be getting better. And I and Slowly I know. Surely. Yeah, I know you. You you obviously have got something in your mind working. Anything you can share with us? About your next adventure? Yeah. Um, well, I had a trail marathon, Brecon Beacons Trail Marathon, lined up for November, but I don't think I'm going to be in fit enough shape to do yeah. that with the neck. So I'm going to see if I can defer that. But um, I'm in talks to do four deserts, mm-hmm. potentially. But what I would really like to do is climb Mount Everest, put Parkinson's on top of the world. That's um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? If anybody would, it'd be you. So yeah, but I mean, you know, it's just not the first mountain I would think of to climb. But yeah, if you want to get the people to understand that Parkinson's is out there and get the message out, yeah, that you can still overcome. Then you've got to go to the most known pla- mountain on the planet, and I guess that has to be Everest. Yeah. Um, so, is that something that's you know in the last five or six years 
you know, you've sort of been doing this, trying to, you know, spread the word. Is it is it getting harder to um, get get the media to pay attention to you? I mean, is it really you need to climb Mount Everest now? It's come to that. I don't think I would look at it like I would look at it like has it come to that to climb Mount Everest? Um, I think when you've run across a couple of continents and you've done some of the toughest races on the planet and you've run across the jungles and mountains and deserts and etc., where do you go? Yeah. You know, I mean, I still would like to row that ocean. Um, But maybe, maybe, maybe that's past, I don't know. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But, you know, I've got to keep challenging myself. Yeah. And like I said, there's going to come a point where I can't and won't be able to do it, even if I wanted to. So right now... I'm living life for the moment. Yeah. And if that makes somebody sit up and change their life for the better, saying, if he can do that, then at least I can get out of my chair and make it across my living room. Then so much the better. Yeah. Yeah. So so really it's your um, natural progression to do more and more and more. So... I think I think it's a natural progression. Yeah. I think it, uh, there has to be some kind of risk assessment, and that has to be taken on board at the time, yeah. because obviously Parkinson's alters things. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not as I wouldn't say able-bodied because I am able-bodied, yeah. but. I have Parkinson's, and that's something that needs to be taken into account when I'm assessing whether or not it's feasible to do something, because I want to come out of things in one shape, one piece. Yeah. You know, I have three sons who need a dad, and at the same point in time, I don't want to give up. I want to see that dad never gave up. Yeah. And that, I think, keeps me driving, driving me forward keeps you moving and having that goal and that that vision of where I'm going uh, has kept me kept me on the move yeah. rather than just sat in a chair yeah. shaking and falling apart well it's definitely kept you on the move um, yeah <laughs> can can I ask a stupid question you can ask any question you like does um the Parkinson's affect like your cardiovascular. So I'm so I'm thinking like if you go to Everest, obviously your physical body is a little bit, you know, a little bit slow, slower. But how about your cardiovascular? Would you be okay at altitude? Yeah, I've been good at altitude before. Okay. Four and a half thousand feet. I was four and a half thousand meters. I was I was fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I think it's a matter of acclimatization and taking things realistically. You know, if I'm, I, I want to summit Everest. 
I would like to have the opportunity of doing that, but I'm not going to do it at the expense of my life. Yeah. And I think that one has to be clear on that, and that goes for anybody who's able-bodied. You know, you, you can't get that summit fever because that's the thing that's going to cost you. Yeah. So would you, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, would you not be really any less, any slower or any less able than somebody without Parkinson's because by the time they get up there, everybody's moving slow. Yeah, I think it would, it would even up the field. Yeah, <laughs> that well, I, it, that's exactly what I was, what I was trying to say is is they're going to get slower, 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 slower. You're just going to get a little slower because you're not starting out fast. <laughs> so, but what yeah. do they say about the tortoise and the hare? Correct. Absolutely. Slow and steady. Just keep on moving. Yeah. So. Um, so, <laughs> what do you do if you want to try and climb Everest? What's what steps? What's the first step you have to take? Oh, that's the first a- step I have to take <laughs> is to get finance. Yeah, to do it because it's not a cheap exercise. Yeah. And I'm currently in talks with some people to achieve that goal. Yeah. Once I've achieved that goal, it's finding the right person. I've already been talking to Kenton Cool about it. He's an exceptionally cool character, certainly oh, a man after his name. Yeah. And um, he summited, I think, Everest about 11 times. I'm not entirely sure. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, and getting acclimatized, getting altitude chamber work, and getting out there and doing a walk, tra- hike up to base camp. Which is, I think, around about 8,000 meters, not 8,000 meters, 6,000 meters. And, Just, you know, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it, it needs a staged approach to it all. Yeah. There needs to be some other mountains I need to climb first to get my mountaineering legs by me. Makes sense. Do you, do your, does your previous adventures help open the door? For, to talk to people, do they see you're not just a whack job? Well, you are, but not a total whack job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it, it, it assists in some way. Yeah. I think if you've got pedigree, then that will open doors, but doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get what you want. Yeah, you've got to come at things realistically and. There are a whole bunch of questions every time you open that door as to what they're looking for, what they expect of you. Can you achieve that? You've got to be realistic. Yeah. You can't promise the world and underperform. Yeah. And that that again is that again is another set of hoops to jump through. Um, but I'm confident and. But not overconfident. I'm realistic, and I can. I think. I think I live by the mantra that if you never ask, you never get. Yeah. And I'm going to ask. There you go. Yeah. Do you have a sense anymore? I mean, if you found somebody that uh, you know, are like, yeah, well, we'll we'll help you out. We'll make it. Make this trip happen. Do companies like that 
do you have to summit for them to feel successful or um, is it the journey? I wouldn't suggest I would have to summit to feel successful. I would feel successful if I did the summit, but yeah. obviously I feel successful having having given it a go. Yeah. Um, I think the, the 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 whole journey is one big big adventure. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know it helps with the media coverage if you do. Yeah. Um, but you know, getting sponsorship nowadays for any anybody in my position or any athlete is really hard. Yeah. You know, gone are the days where you could walk into an office and say. I'm planning on doing X, and they say, How's, how much money do you need? And you say, why? And they say, here's, here's a check for Z, and then you're gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. That, uh, yeah, now that um, everybody can um, show what they're doing, it makes it a lot harder. So. Yeah, there, there's a lot of competition in the space, and yeah. I guess I'm unique in what I do, um, so... Until there's somebody else out there that can do what I do, um, then I'll just keep doing what I do, I guess. Yep. Do you feel like there's a ticking clock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have. I don't have decades in front yeah. of me. Does it? Um, does it bother you? No. Okay. It's just the thing. No, because I think. I think. I, you know, I've written this book, and I'd like to get it published at some point. But reading back through the manuscript, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if if, if you'd have told me what I'd have gotten myself into and what I'd have achieved back in, you know, 2006, 2005, what I would do with my life later on, I would have said, pull the other one. It's got bells on it. <laughs> You know, quite yeah. honestly, it's it's been it's been a. I've had I've been truly blessed. I've been very fortunate and incredibly lucky, and I don't take any of it for granted. Yeah. And you know, my 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 main. It's not about the races. It's not about the achieving the goal. Well, it is to a certain extent because that I hope will inspire other people to change their lives and challenge themselves and become more aware of Parkinson's and find out more about it and get educated, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm currently working with Parkinson's UK, trying to promote what they're doing. Um, you know, yeah. I've, I've worked with the Cure Parkinson's Trust previously and I'm currently working with Parkinson's UK. Um you know, and I'm grateful for their their encouragement, and I'm just in awe of what what they do to help people with Parkinson's and the research that they've got going on, and you know, trying to shine a light on that for them, and trying to shine a light out for people who otherwise, when they get the when they get diagnosed, it's 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 it's. Uh, it's a real smack in the face, and a lot of people cope very badly with it, and they make a lot of assumptions when in reality 
it's not the end. And hopefully I'm showing that. Yeah. And I'll continue to do that. Yeah. Well, y yes, you do. And yes, you will. So. Thanks, yeah. mate. All right. Well, that's like kind of an important, serious place. So I think it's a good place to stop before I say something stupid. Well, you can say anything you like. I know, because um, if any, for people out there that may not know, I'm just going to say Alex is probably my best friend that I've never met. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Likewise. <laughs> so, ever since the trans, the Trans America, we've been trying to do something, and yeah, we. This is your second time on the podcast, and we chat every once in a while, and then I'll get a message, and Alex like. Hey, I got this thing going. You want to go? And I'm like, yes. And then the real life gets in the way, and some dumb bureaucrat takes your funding away. Well, I look at <laughs> look at this. I look at this way. The world is a round place, and it's pretty small. So yep. I'm sure at one point in time, my paths will cross, and that will be, be a good day. Yep. We'll chew the fat. That's right. It'll even be better. So, all right. Well, I should probably like get some more work done. And I'd, I'd tell you to go training, but it's kind of getting late there, so. No, yeah. I went out. I went out training yeah. today. I went out training today. So, um, okay. And, uh, yeah, it was I, good. I got one last question to finish on. Yeah, go for it. Um, so can you have a pint every now and again? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a, a, a wee dram or, or a whiskey occasionally, or a, a bottle of beer so. on the other occasion. Cool. My son, I have a glass of wine with my meal of an evening, and uh, you know, I, st I still, still, I don't, I don't go overboard because it kicks you in the teeth the next day with Parkinson's. Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't get boozed up, but um, you know, I do, I do have a pint, and I'll buy you one account when I see you. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Alex. No problem, Randy. All right, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk later sometime. I hope so, my friend. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.
Thank you kindly. 